Welcome, True Believer readers, to our Halloween edition of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is the spooky Sam Rosen to my art scary Simic, my friend Eddie Boo. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing great. Great introduction, James B. I can't wait for spooky lizard talk later. You know how much I like him. Yes, I'm fully aware that you're going to be extra, extra happy with today's episode featuring the lizard. Let's let's just go right into it. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, January 1967. The issue is called Where Crawls the Lizard. Uh, At the train station, frail Aunt May is going away, as Dr. Bromwell has suggested. The rest will help her with her recovery from her surgery that she had back in issue 33. That was the one where the building was collapsing, and we were all stressed out reading it, Eddie. Uh, Meanwhile, Dr. Kirk Connors is meeting his wife and son. Unfortunately, Dr. Connors reacts from the rhino antidote he was messing around with last issue, and he turns into your buddy, the lizard. Uh, (laughs) Realizing this, he runs away, but he's spotted by his son, Billy, for a moment. Um, The lizard plots his human conquest and the defeat of Spider-Man. As Aunt May leaves on her trip, Peter spots Mrs. Connors in tears, and he meets her as Spider-Man. Mrs. Connors explains her fear that Dr. Connors may have transformed, and Spider-Man sends him away to Dr. Connors' lab. Eddie, is there anything in the first eight pages you wanted to discuss? Uh, I really I really dig the first page of Kurt Connors looking at his hand turning green with like the lizard over top of him. Uh-huh. I know we've talked about how much we like the half Spider-Man, half Peter Parker face, but I think this is a great depiction of kind of the Jekyll Hyde nature of Kurt Connors and the lizard. Yeah. It's and excellent. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird uh, combination that we have between the two of them. So I, I just really like that first page in particular, although Aunt May, going boo-hoo and blowing your nose with a honk. <laughs> I also appreciate too. Eddie, why don't you uh, jump in and let us know what happens next? All right. Sounds good. Uh, meanwhile, Peter heads to the Daily Bugle for more money, and Frederick Foswell decides to shadow Peter as his alter eagle, Patch. He's getting really nosy to see if there's a story. Uh, Pete meets up with Harry Flash and Gwen at the Silver Spoon local cafe, while talking about Flash's draft, Mary Jane Watson walks in with all the pizzazz of the hippest beatnik in town. <laughs> They're even more surprised when Peter knows her and Gwen is jealous but when they leave together. James B., what do you think about the scene in The Silver Spoon? I just can't believe that this is a group of friends and Peter and Flash have so much animosity still. Like, it's this relationship between... Between the foursome, first of all, it's always interesting that Flash somehow found his way into this group. Uh, Harry and Gwen, you remember in issue 31, they came in together already knowing each other. So I'm, yes. that's okay yeah. with me. 
the fact that they picked up Peter and Flash of all people, and they, uh, it just really bothers me. I mean, Gwen is really rough on on Flash, even though I think she's the one who's going to be throwing his party technically. And Peter and Flash in every single conversation, every single thing they say to each other, you know, hey, Puny Parker was going to melt in the rain. Hey, Flash, they don't have cheerleaders for you in the army. I think it's it's too much. I don't think these people could possibly be friends with everybody else. I don't know how you feel about this. It's a weird like combination that Peter rotates through their friend circle. And you're exactly right. Like the the, the fact that they're both at each other so much, how could they possibly hang out for an extended period of time? Like, <laughs> and tolerate each other and have other people tolerate them also. So the the arrival of Mary Jane, though, is a great, it's a weird... Yeah, but MJ showing thing. up, like, the the language that they use, you know, you know, the <laughs> Flash is like, she walks, she talks, and I can tell she's in bustling to meet old Flash. I mean, he's right <laughs> next to her. And and Harry's lines are like, imagine Sly Pete keeping her all to himself until now. You want, you know, I'm a war hero. Hey, you know, they're just right up in her face. It's just so, it's so over the top. Yeah, I, I think she's just, she's really striking. I love how she talks to her, her whole, when I said beat Nick earlier, beat Nick, beat Nick talk all over the place. <laughs> all right. In the meantime, the lizard frames Spider-Man, breaking into a jewelry showroom from the inside, having climbed up the building. Jameson sullies Spider-Man's name as a criminal, but Spider-Man finds the lizard and gets him to climb a building in front of the public, showing that the lizard can also climb. Uh, While fighting the lizard, Spider-Man sprains his arm in a fall in a hastily fabricated web mattress, right? All right. Yes. But a friendly friendly doctor tapes up his arm before the police arrive. This is very convenient. Moments later, Spider-Man finds Mrs. Connors and lets her know that Dr. Connors has indeed turned into the lizard but heads home to recuperate. At night, Mary Jane calls and invites Peter to a dance, but he declines, fearing someone might piece together that he and Spider-Man both have sprained arms. Uh, James B., what did you think about the doctor helping Spider-Man in that one? We had a cop save his life recently, and now a doctor steps in to help him. I think this is great. They're making him, under the Stanley like Ditko-less era, you know, because we've had a new yeah, uh, yeah. a new transition. We're making him a lot more fallible. He's got a big injury. He needs other people to step in and save him. Uh, it's. I loved it. I was so happy to see that doctor helping him. It reminds me a little bit of the second uh, San Raimi movie. I know we just last issue talked about the first oh, one. Yeah. How like the people in town, all you know, in New York, they're all on the on the on the bridge. They're throwing things at the goblin. The first one and the second one, the people are on the subway and they're lifting him up. Like you know, we're gonna we're gonna help you fight Doc Ock. And here's a guy like runs out. He's like, I'm gonna help Spider Man because don't forget, half the time Spider Man is considered. A nuisance. Uh, I read it in the Daily Bugle. He's 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 a troublemaker sometimes. So for someone to say I'm going to jump in and help you, I understand the Hippocratic oath and everything. But it's it's great that there's a doctor helping him. Um, speaking of doctors, Doc Connors, he's one of those really smart villains. I know you like the smart villains a lot. He's not even though he can punch. What do you think about the lizard oh. as a whole scientist and everything? The lizard is is really interesting how his intelligence works because he 
seems to be able to do a lot of things. Like he can string together very coherent sentences and form plans. And he's got this great master plan where he's going to take over the world with all of his lizards. But there, there's failings. Like clearly it doesn't work all perfectly in his mind. And he gets really hung up on Spider-Man too. Like, like every villain gets hung up on Spider-Man. But it's an interesting aspect to how much... Uh, Doc Connors is within the lizard's brain and how much I guess later on it would be interesting to see how much the lizard is in Doc Connors brain because one thing I remembered from before when Spider-Man came to Doc Connors to help him with the formula with the rhino uh, Doc Connors was like well do you think I should change into the lizard and go fight the rhino and it was just like whoa 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 which leads me to think that they're occupying each other's minds more often than they consciously realize it it's it's in the subconscious that they're both influencing each other so this this idea of like how much of the lizard has of doc connor's brilliance and genius and how much uh doc connor's is influenced by the lizard too because i thought that was a really weird line from the rhino i think there's more overlap than like your typical jekyll and hyde kind of villain that's going on here so uh it's fascinating to see the lizard try to solve his problems, right? And he has, he has a lot of problems and work through his plan because there's clearly some clearly some flaws in his plan. Right, James B? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, James B, what about the uh, lizard framing Spider-Man for the robbery? What do you think? I think the lizard, you just spoke about his science. I think the lizard is so smart. And his plan to... I'm going to stop and frame Spider-Man to slow him down. Like that seems so different than the way he acts most of the time, which is destroy all humans, destroy all humans. He stops and says, Oh, I need to take care of Spider-Man. I'm going to throw everybody off. So he frames Spider-Man for the robbery. Then Spider-Man tricks the lizard into climbing up in front of a bunch of people. And the response is like, Hey, there's someone climbing up after Spider-Man. That means he's not the only one that has a power like that. Maybe he didn't cause the robbery, which thank goodness, because the doctor is then available from that crowd to help Spider-Man because he realizes he's innocent. But I really liked the robbery that the he thought for a moment of foiling Spider-Man with that because he could have just been smash, 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 kill. But I like that he shows his intelligence. Eddie, do we have time for a sponsor right between the two issues? Do you want to keep going? Who's the sponsor for this week, James B? Well, how do you know it's not the same sponsor as last time? <laughs> well, I, I, perhaps we don't seem to retain our sponsors for very long. <laughs> Eddie, for this week, we have a brand new sponsor. Okay, great. Eddie, is there something missing in your life? Are you looking for growth opportunities? Are you looking to get better? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Eddie, today's sponsor is Dr. Kurt Connors. Eddie, Dr. Kurt Connors is a geneticist best known for researching the ability of certain reptiles to regrow missing limbs, allowing patients to regrow limbs while retaining intelligence. What you may not know is that now he is also a family doctor and pharmacist licensed in 48 states. Dr. Connors Great. can treat he can treat little ones like his son Billy. He can treat knee scrapes to tummy aches 
with his amazing serums. Uh, side effects may occur, including fatigue, muscle soreness, fever, turning into a reptile, swelling, joint pain, chills, nausea, <laughs> attempting to replace mankind with a race of reptilian creatures, and redness. Looking to find a permanent cure for missing limbs or a cure for that migraine headache? Your one-stop shop is Dr. Kirk Connors. Consultations now available on Zoom. Medicine shipped via FedEx. Check out Dr. Connors on Facebook. Dr. Connors is not ABMS certified. Payment due at time of service. Dr. Connors accepts Anthem, Oxford, Oscorp, HMO, and most major credit cards, except Discover, not available in California and Texas. So, Eddie, you live in Michigan. Yes, I might, do. Might you be jumping online and visiting our newest sponsor, Dr. Kirk Connors? The, the unlicensed pediatric doctor. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to fly to Tijuana or something <laughs> to go see Kurt Connor. No, no, he's available via Zoom in 48, oh. in 48 states, Eddie, um, and Michigan's one of them. I, w- I would feel much more comfortable. He's one of the only characters, one of the only people that I would feel more comfortable talking over Zoom with rather than in person. <laughs> Great. I, I wouldn't want to spill like some kind of medicine on him, just in case he had a sensation to <laughs> become the lizard again. <laughs> I'll take that as a resounding yes. So. <laughs> all right, all right. Of course, of course, I'll take my children to Doc Connors. <laughs> uh, all right, James B. Great sponsor this week. Wonderful. <laughs> Eddie, are we ready to move on? Yeah, let's let's do it. Next issue. All right. February 1967. Spidey smashes out. With his arm in a sling from his battle last issue with the lizard, Spider-Man swings around trying to find the scaly villain again. The lizard heads to Dr. Connor's lab to find a formula to transform reptiles to his personal army. Since his reptilian brain can't understand Dr. Connor's notes, he wrecks the lab, waking Mrs. Connors and Billy up, and goes to find Dr. Connors himself, not knowing... They are one and the same. Uh, At the Daily Bugle, Foswell goes to tail Peter Parker, but he gets verbally abused by J. Jonah Jameson, and he gets assigned the lizard story. Ned and Betty share a coffee break, and that's there, so we just don't forget who they are. Uh, (laughs) Pete goes to to school with his arm in his sling, and he's saying he sprained it on his motorcycle. Uh, Fortunately, he's ridiculed by Flash, which reassures uh, him that nobody will connect him and Spider-Man. Harry tells Pete that Gwen is having a party for Flash, and Pete explains why he hasn't been around because of money issues, and Harry then offers to talk to his father and see if he can get him uh, a job, while Aunt May tells a fellow retiree, you know, my nephew Peter is a good boy. He's most likely curled up at home with a book and a glass of warm milk. Warm milk. <laughs> all right, all right. Spider-Man continues to search for the lizard and finds him on a train to Philadelphia with a large reptile collection on board. How convenient. The lizard commands a train car filled with reptiles to attack Spider-Man and flees on the train. Spider-Man catches up and leads the lizard to a freezer car where he is weakened by the cold. Spider-Man wraps him in a web cocoon to prevent his death and works in Dr. Connor's lab to create an antidote before the lizard thaws out. He cures Dr. Connors and heads home. Uh, Peter is interrupted in his thoughts at the end by Harry and MJ, uh, who he knows is pretty as a pumpkin seed, but MJ is just as shallow. Uh, Peter is frustrated by his responsibilities as Spider-Man since he's hurt, he's broke, 
and he often breaks his dates with friends. He takes his Spider-Man suit and he hurls it in a fit of anger. Meanwhile, the issue ends with two panels where the Connors family wonders aloud how they'll ever repay Spider-Man. And Mrs. Connors says at the end of the book, someone so powerful as Spider-Man um, has everything a man could wish for. Um, Eddie, I've got a couple things I wanted to discuss. Again, the lizard being your second favorite villain, I will allow oh, you to go first if you have something you want to cover. Well, I I have a couple of different things. Poor MJ at the end. I really do not like Peter disparaging her towards the end of this issue. It's like as if Peter has women constantly throwing themselves at him, which he kind of does, I guess. It's remarkable how many uh, girlfriends or pseudo-girlfriends he's had thus far, in my opinion, considering how nerdy and not very social he appears to be. Um, I, that bothers me a whole lot at, at the end there. But um, the whole lizard battle with Spider-Man, I mean, we finally see that they catch he catches the lizard by putting him in a cold a cold car uh, at any time james b before this did you feel like that was going to happen to the lizard that his cold bloodedness was going to get in the way of him being successful at anything i thought the lizard if he's so smart wouldn't he have seen this coming wouldn't he know like stay away from the freezer car for example um i just thought that was a that was a i was surprised he fooled him with it. although i did like that as the way that he was that he was captured i, I thought that was I, fine I also enjoyed that, but like the entire time, like him forming his lizard army, even the first time we saw the lizard forming his lizard army in Florida. It's not a lizard. Was, it's not a lizard army. It's it's a bunch well, of reptiles and crocodiles that are on the way to the zoo. Let's be clear. Well, he does say he's going to have giant reptiles at some point, which makes me think that the lizard is going to like genetically modify his reptiles. But, to but he does nothing. But he doesn't do anything like that. He no, literally he goes to see the world's largest collection of reptiles, which is moving from New York to Philadelphia. <laughs> Very convenient. And somehow he's able to also control them, right? Yeah, that's that's the amazing part of the lizard. I mean, is this his power? They they this is a little confusing for me too. Does he have some serum that allows him to control the reptiles, or is he just naturally with one of his superpowers being reptile control? I don't know. He just yells faster, faster. He, <laughs> he cannot escape us all, and they just come. And they're, and they're only be, be, be clear. They're only snakes and and what are they? I don't know crocodiles. Unless crocodiles. you know, do you, you see anything else? I didn't see any. There were there were no geckos trying to <laughs> catch Spider Man that I saw in there. So I was not afraid for Spider Man with a bunch of crocodiles and snakes coming after him. They're not that fast. I that's well. We could argue about how fast a crocodile or a snake is, I guess. I was pretty fearful for him, but it seems that the lizard is has this intrinsic ability to control reptiles. And this combined with his bulletproof, you know, scales and his super strength, he's very, very strong. He's wounded Spider-Man very badly um, in his, you know, in the, this battle uh, before. Did, ha, yeah, but the lizard's, the lizard's sending these snakes after him. Spider-Man's got one hand. He's taken the snake, using it like a whip. He's lassoing alligators, and then he's using oh, crocodiles are out there. Then he's using the crocodiles, and he's swinging them around, knocking the other crocodiles around. One-handed, he has no problem. It's like he's fighting the enforcers. There's not a threat at all to Spider-Man in this fight from these guys. The only thing he has to worry about is the lizard. I, I think these guys are are not even a threat to him. If you're telling, if you want to say to me like, oh, there's a danger, there was no danger from these crocodiles and snakes at all. Hmm. I, I think they portray them as being much weaker than they would be if they were bloodlusted crocodiles going after Spider-Man 
overall. But it's an interesting at no. But the problem was at no point through the lizard's plan. Like I really thought about this. I'm like, well, I think I'm okay in Michigan because the lizard can only attack me what three months out of the year or something like that, and then he's gonna have to, you know, deal with cold because he's he's cold blooded along with all the other reptiles he's commanding. How how is he gonna take over the world? He's, uh, well, he's know. not gonna be outside like fighting in the in the snow. You know, he can... well, I... Large portions of the world have this, <laughs> have different climates, right? Cold he, climates. He can't. He doesn't even have an army anyway. I keep telling you, he's got a bunch of random snakes and crocodiles, who, by the way, I b- believe are just wandering around now since the police didn't make any effort to go find them again. They're just now loose in New York or Philadelphia, wherever they found them. They're just somewhere, right? There's no scene that says, "Let's round these guys up again." <laughs> yes, that is true. His his army reptilian army is is on the loose and then just one other thing that i realized that i i should i meant to mention earlier too i really think the lizard and the hulk this is like the the hulk in the spider-man world right the lizard is so many things about the hulk and the lizard are very similar but at the same time like he's very different like we talked about how intelligent the lizard is when he's in lizard form even though he can't understand the scientific papers right he trashes the lab because he's like what is right. all this gobbledygook yeah your point so. about your point about the hulk that's really dead on i mean not only that the literally the color scheme of the purple yeah. pants and the green and not and I, hulk does hulk hulk knows that banner has his alter ego where the lizard obviously does not know that kurt connors is he's looking for Tot- kurt connors and he can't find him yeah totally separate entities within the lizard's mind right which leads it's really i think he's a really complex character and the the whole idea spider-man didn't say it a whole bunch of times but like he doesn't really want to hurt the lizard like he can't he doesn't want to kill doc connors who i would say is one of his only friends right they've they've worked together on several occasions i mean to stop the rhino at at the very least before this spider-man doesn't try to try doesn't try to kill anybody can i can i jump in with one thing here because i want to make sure we get everything in our okay uh, in our time um if you want to meet me on page two I just thought page two was such a dated page. It, it screams 1967. Um, so if you allow me just a couple, there's only six panels. All right. Um, so I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights from each panel. Uh, panel one says, that's a real old-fashioned hijacking job if I ever saw one. Jumping down to panel uh, three, it says, cheer up, fellas. He's kicking someone in his face. He says, at least I'm not wearing hobnail boots. There it is. Uh, <laughs> I was on, looking for that. <laughs> on pa- panel four, um, he's like, look at him. He's got a busted wing, which, again, these aren't all things we don't say today. Yeah. Panel six, it says, there's a big difference between putting two cheap hoods on ice and tackling the lizard. And the guy's response is, hey, Spidey, we could use you in the Teamsters union. And he replies <laughs> at one point, I better cut out before they start playing Hearts and Flowers. That whole page <laughs> is just... So 1967. It's not good or bad. It's just it's very the, time. It's the dated reference. Yeah, I wanted to look up. I looked up hopnail boots, but I couldn't find it again, so I wasn't going to mention it. But you've pointed it out for me. This is a pair of boots which has had nails nailed into the soles, so the boots can last longer. What a reference! <laughs> I, we've talked a lot about the lizard, but the fact that Spider-Man is able to capture the lizard with one arm, take him to Doc Connor's lab create a potion under time constraint because the lizard is waking up and cure dot connors it's 
it's an incredible sequence of events that are going on, uh, you know, to finish the lizard off in this issue. I really it's liked a, it. It's incredible to me. I liked how it. Brilliant I was fine. Yeah, I mean, we can you can choose to mock it, but I was like, come on, pull this off in time, and like Billy's like sliding the door open, and then <laughs> yeah. you're like, is the lizard there? And it's like, oh, he converted him back just in time. But it's a good segue for what I wanted to talk about, which is the Connors' marital status. Can you let me know? What is going on? Your opinions, and not trying to make fun, but like, do they live together? Are they married? Why is he in New York and they're not? I I can't understand this, James B. I know you brought it up. It had not even crossed my mind before you had mentioned something like this. So I'm I don't think, know. I mean, they're they're. It feels like they're coming from Florida, right? They're coming from yeah. Somewhere. They were in Florida at some point. Why so. is he in New York, right? You know, of course he could be in New York for business, and then. But, I don't know, it just really bothers me that he's not with them. It's, it's very convenient that they happen to be coming out. Are they, are they going back home now? Is he staying? They all seem like a big family. Is, is the next issue, they're going to all be in the house? Is it safe? Is he trying Is he trying to keep away from his son? Like, I need answers. He, he's clearly been in New York a while since he helped with the rhino with Spider-Man. So, the... The rhino issues, right? There was three issues in a row with the rhino, or was it just two? It was it was three because they had it was, he, he was yeah. in the John Jameson side. It was three, and we yeah. had this great part where Peter had to go to Sunday dinner, and those three rhino issues was like a Saturday, a Sunday, and then another. Like he was still on Sunday at dinner to finish up the whole the third issue of the rhino, and when I read these Spider-Man, you know, when I read the lizard issues here. I thought, first of all, Doc Connors like recently touched the rhino's antidote or whatever he used to get the rhino, the, right. the webbing, and so he was having after effects from there. And they don't say how long, you know, between those two things were. But then we also have Spider-Man hurting his arm and then immediately going to the next issue hurting his arm. I feel like the timeline between issues is getting much much shorter. Like there were times when we read an issue and like. He was a sophomore in high school, uh, and then right. at some point he was a senior in high school, yes, and then yes. he was in college. And like a huge amount of time passed between those. What are we on? We're on issue forty-five, and right, he's been right. gone from sophomore. It was like, a, to like it was college. a it would be like a month. Every issue was a month. And now every yeah. issue, and now our issues are like minutes. This is like I think these five issues are envisioned to happen almost in five days, if not six days. Which is a really fascinating way to like to view the Spider Verse because time is moving so much slower than it was before. Right. The, I mean, he's his next issue is gonna his arm is still in a sling, right? So, yeah. So. And there's there's no way that like the Vulture is getting out of jail anytime soon, right? Because we're only six days have passed in five issues or whatever. We're not gonna. We're, it's gonna be hard for them to start justifying, you know, villains who are in jail getting out of jail, having served their sentence. <laughs> True. Well, there'll be more escapes, I'm sure. Um, I think that's uh, that's good enough for this episode. I really like these issues. I, I know you did as well. Oh, yeah. I had trouble taking notes on them because I was reading them so kind of voraciously. Uh, Thank everyone for listening to our podcast. You can reach out to us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. And just remember, if you want something to look real zingy, Paint it in that rollicking red. Goodbye, listeners.
third Irving Forbush section. I did not know what it was. So they've been squeezing the, the – I talked about him a couple issues ago. I don't even know if I made the podcast. But um, Irving Forbush is that guy that, like, isn't really a person that they, they throw in, like – he, he, they've been sticking him in the credits next to the artwork and the like, you know, hold on. If you look at issue 45 at the very beginning where they uh-huh. have the who's doing the issue, it will say, let me turn the page here, story by Smiling Stan Lee, illustration oh, yeah. by Jazzy John Romita, lettering Swinging Sam Rosen, and luggage Honest Irving Forbush. Oh. Like, he's obviously not doing luggage because that's not a thing. <laughs> and then if you look at the next one, has the same kind of thing, and then it says at the end, "Web untangling Irv Forbush." They're giving him credit; he's not a real person. It's yeah, it's like a, he's fake, and they're putting him everywhere. And that's the third time they've done this in Spider-Man. So I, I didn't notice that at all. Um, also, I want to let you know, Artie Simic and Sam Rosen. Uh, I, I actually think there's a big difference in their lettering. I think so too. It's noticeable. It's noticeable in the in the in the bold a lot. If you look oh. at how they, I think, so if you could see, I'm trying to find two issues you can see back to back, Sam Rosen makes his bold letters very bold, and uh, Art Simic makes his bolds like more subtle bold. You oh. can kind of keep reading through them. I notice that at the, at the end of page 43, like, you know, some of the bold letters are just like, like, oh, like, oh, that's just barely bolded, and then later on it gets really, really super bold. So just a, just a thought. I, I, I would be interesting to see if the punctuation that's used is is that left up to them? Do you think or? That's a good question. I don't I don't even because I I one of my in one of my games James B. Remember I talked about exclamation points and I yes. also recently like went through and looked at uh, double dashes and triple dashes too. You know, which is used often as kind of a pause in whatever is being said. And the one comic I went through and counted double dashes there was just a ton of them but they're not necessarily in every comic uh in the same way so it'd be interesting to see who does the punctuation too if that's up to them i saw the lizard was listed as like the 62nd greatest villain of all time or something i don't know if that was just marvel or if it was but it wasn't just spider-man you know and i'm thinking that's pretty good 62 i'm sure he's He's probably a top 10, probably a top 10 for Spider-Man. I don't know. I don't know. We we could do our own at some point. We could rank them if you really wanted. I think he's super powerful. 